1: by the man with the backwards hat, it's always the backwards hat, Dan Lamagna. That is at FF Coach Dan on Twitter. What's going on, Dan?
0: Yeah, knows we're getting some backward caps, uh, backward hat comments on Twitter there, man. And so, hey, we'll we'll take it there. And for me, it's an honor, my boy Griffey backwards. But I'm ready to go tonight, JB and Mitch. Uh, you know breaking my 10-year-old son into the Rocky series. We got through Rocky four tonight. So uh, I think I'm subconsciously pumped up for some Dynasty football here. And these new graphics you got, JB. You're uh, extra pumping me up. All right, well, Dan, I play you in at least one Dynasty league this
1: week. And just like last week, in the words of, of Ivan Drago, I must break you once again. I <laughs> must break you, and then we're going to no turn pay. the hat. No right, we're going to turn the hat the other way over to Mitch Swords, so and that's at Dino MC. What's going on, Mitch?
2: What's going on, guys? It's one of the best times for Dynasty, I think. Uh, you know, if you look at it, it's we have rookie draft season right before the season starts, and then right now is when you're seeing trades in every single league happening. I'm super excited,
1: as you can tell. I'm a little jacked. I had my little pre-show already. And don't worry, I'm drinking water out of my Dynasty Theory coffee mug. But I was on with the guys over there, triple play podcast. A lot of fun. So whenever they put that out, I'll be retweeting it for everybody to check out. But like I said, I, I got my warm-up in. So I'm all I'm amped up over here. And just like Mitch said, this is one of the most exciting times when we look at the dynasty calendar. The trade deadlines in our leagues, and we're going to hit on that. We're going to be talking about some league settings, our preferences, trade targets for contenders and rebuilders, and then also some listener questions sprinkled in throughout the show. But Mitch, I want to start with you. In a lot of leagues, kicking off week 11, that's when the trade line goes into effect. Thursday, November 19th, that's the first game of week 11. One, and this is a question that we got, so we're going to throw it in early. Should we have a trade deadline? But the question we got is somebody in their league they their trade deadline is going into to week 10. and they said, hey, John, we're, we're voting on it. We're gonna push it to week 13. Are there any pros or cons with that? So so what are your thoughts? You know, uh, should they push it back? Should they even have a trade deadline?
2: Yeah, so I definitely think you should at least push it back from week 10. I mean, this week being the last week you could trade, That doesn't even sound fun for me. I think it should at least be week 11, week 12. But let's kind of look at this from two different angles because I think it's two different ways you should look at it. Let's look at it, the safe leagues. Safe leagues is a public league ran by Scott Fish. And that's it's set up like most dynasty leagues are with a trade deadline that starts next Thursday. Right when week 11 starts, that's when the trade deadline kicks on. And the reason why I think it makes sense for those leagues is because you pay for one year at a time. So when you pay for one year and nothing for the following year until you trade your 2021 first or whatever that year will be, you should have a trade deadline. Because the last thing you want is week 14 of the season, someone blowing up their team, playing for two weeks, and then bouncing. And then you have to try to find an orphan to fill that spot. But I will say in every other league, like all the leagues that I run, most of the... I'll say, Private leagues, I'm in, I don't even know if they're private leagues, but just not the ones that are main that are websites.
1: They're categorized as private.
2: Yeah. And so those leagues, all of them you pay for a year ahead. So right now I'm prepaid for 2021 and there's no trade deadlines. Because you don't have to worry about someone blowing up their team and bouncing. Cause if they do, then that next owner already has their first year paid. So the first year of moves, completely covered by the previous owner. And so I think that's a huge thing if you're going to say, no, there shouldn't be trade deadlines. Well, you need to have something that stops people from leaving the second they do a bad trade. Dan, if there's anybody that sends more trade offers out than
1: Mitch and myself, it might be you. So you're a very avid trader. You're constantly tinkering. You're constantly making moves, whether it's high-end assets or five fab dollars. You know, you're throwing everything in there. You're throwing the kitchen sink into your trade offers. What are your thoughts on a a trade deadline? Do you like it? Do you dislike it? What are your thoughts?
0: Yeah, I was really looking forward to this topic tonight. You know, I was looking forward to hearing what Mitch said. You know, he commissions a lot of leagues, so he has a good uh, commissioner of Fantasy Football League perspective there, and he's always – provided some good insight in our chats. You know, on my end, I, you know, I kind of take that GM hat from when I owned a semi-pro football team. Part of the fun of fantasy football is just managing building a roster all the time. Uh, You know, in some ways I respect a trade deadline as it gets, it's kind of like closer to the simulation of the NFL. But if I was, you know, looking to make a vote like that, a listener asked us, I would vote no to a trade deadline or, you know, a limited trade deadline Cause that is the dynasty, um, you know, playoffs. I could see being more restrictive as you know, you're trying to keep a level playing field and not tilt the balance of the postseason season there. Um, but you know, to me, the pros are increased urgency to review and find a way to improve your roster while spiking league activity. We all love active fantasy football leagues. Uh, so me, I'm, I'm all for it JB, whether it's five fab dollars or, you know, a minor league player to be named later, I'm, I'm for the trade.
1: I like how Dan had like a little thesis there. You can tell that, that <laughs> you, you can tell that he had something there in his notes. He's like, all right, this is my go-to talking point. But as always, I, I just a few things that popped into my head as you guys are talking and as, as this topic came up, because it's so relevant in every single dynasty league. If you have a trade deadline, it's, it's approaching at some point here, or if you don't have a trade deadline. So A few things in my mind, what I've seen so far, it makes sense. Like you said, Mitch, in the public leagues where, especially safe leagues, they have over a thousand dynasty leagues. It's very difficult to fill orphans as is, but now you have people dumping assets week 13, 14, 15, trying to make that push for a championship. Whereas at least if you have a trade deadline going into week 11, there's still some uncertainties there, right? Yeah, you're making a push, but it's – it's you still might not make the playoffs, but then you're paying for the year ahead. So So I get it. I prefer no trade deadline. I think it's a good way to help restore a little bit more balance. And what I mean by that, if I'm a contender and it's week 15 and one of my studs gets injured and, Mitch, you're in last place, you're sitting there, you're not doing anything, but you have a – let's say James Robinson – it's a guy people are worried about his longer term value, but I think he can help me win the championship. You better believe that I'm probably going to be willing to overpay. So now the the contender, yes, I'm making that push for the title, but then also I'm giving you more value in return than you would have gotten during the off season. You might've gotten in week 11, because like I said, there's that level of uncertainty in week 11, but in week 15, Hey, I'm one game out from the championship. So I'm willing to invest a little bit more. But then you also have to worry about, you know, looking at it from the con side, potential collusion. You know, and I I think that's important to trust your league mates.
2: So So to counter off that, you're in almost 70 leagues. Dan's in 25 leagues. I'm in 40 leagues. I've yet to see collusion at all during the playoffs with leagues that have no trade deadline. I know that's always the worry. I've never seen it and I've actually never seen a lot of Twitter threads about it either. I mean, I'm sure it happens, but there's such the rare occurrence you have to deal with it that I just don't think it's that big of a problem.
1: And and it's always, oh, well, I heard of this one story, you know, there was this one league it happened and that circulates all over Twitter or group forums or whatever and that kind of gets stuck in people's minds. There's a comment from Kyle in the chat and I this is one thing that I kind of like, and I'm looking at all of my leagues and I have my fancy schmancy spreadsheet. Every Tuesday I'm updating it, but I have it all color coded and I'm looking at my contenders, my rebuilds. I'm looking at if I'm currently in a playoff position, my record in every single league. And now I have a column for the trade deadline and I've highlighted the leagues where, okay, I have to make a move by week 11 and some of the leagues because yeah, I lose track from time to time. I had to reach out in the league chat. Hey, is there a a trade deadline? Because I didn't see it in the bylaws, but just to kind of get that, you know, that knowledge and that better understanding. But back to what Kyle said, I always introduce things and I go on like a 10 minute tangent, but Kyle, I like the, where is it here? I like the deadline because it puts pressure on teams to close deals, but I like up to the week before the playoffs. It does. It puts a lot of pressure. And Tim in the chat, Safe Leagues next Thursday. Yep, kickoff week 11, Thursday, November 19th, right before kickoff. And the way I'm looking at my leagues where there's a week 11 deadline, if I am two games out, right? So we have week 10, 11, 12, 13 before the playoffs start. If I'm two games out of a playoff spot, I'm going to see how week 10 plays out. If I can pick up a game, I'm going to be a buyer at the trade deadline. If I'm still two games out or three games out going into week 11, I'm going to transition to a seller or I'm just going to stay put. Do you guys have any thoughts there? Have you been looking at your teams in any way like that? Trying to figure out, yeah, I'm a contender, but am I going to be a buyer? What are your thoughts, Dan?
0: Yeah, i've been starting to you know drop a few comments in our group chats there that i've have you know those tweener rosters that are like the 500 level now that really need to either make a lucky run or it's this time to rebuild so i'm just trying to open up trade talks either way you know let, let, let's see what's out there let's see where our other owners are interested and hey I'm, I'm willing to blow a roster or two up or i'm willing to take one last chance and, and make a trade uh to your point with that trade deadline coming um, it is adding a sense of urgency. Now, now, I don't think the three of us ever really shut off with trade. So trade deadline or no trade trade deadline. I think we're for the most part chatting every week until, you know, our wives maybe take us away for a few minutes, but you know, it will spike those last, you know, 72 hours before the trade deadline will we'll be running fi- rapid fire. And it does
1: create that sense of urgency. Mitch, how many times did I ask you about that Travis Kelsey trade?
2: No, oh, it's been at least a week now every day. Should I do it? Yes. Should I do it? Yes. Should I do it? Yes. I think you actually finally did it today. I did. I pulled the trigger. I had George
1: Kittle. It's a two PPR. It's one of the safe leagues. I added what I believe it's my first. And of course, in that league, I'm a contender. But I added a first to George Kittle for Travis Kelsey in the third it's a severe overpay in terms of value and we talked about that last week the 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 value in championships where do we lie there but for me i thought travis kelsey he offers that that missing piece for me losing george kittle i'm in a playoff position i like the rest of my roster i'm making that push and i think we have to decide and we always talk about it it's very difficult for people to be very realistic when looking at their rosters, you really have to self-evaluate your teams. And you have to be able to say, I mean, Mitch, that one team, the one safely, I think it's 243. Mm-hmm. I'm two and seven. But even up until last week, Dan, this would have driven you crazy. Up until last week, I was two and six. And Mitch kept reaching out, hey, JB, you're going to blow it up. And I, no, I'm still a contender. I'm still, I'm still going. But now I'm two and seven. I am four games out of a last playoff spot. It's time that I throw in the
0: towel, just like Dan's Dallas Cowboys. <laughs> Had to go there. You know, I know sometimes it's not easy to let go and throw in the towel. You know, I even was teased versus your Steelers this week, JB. And for like a little while, Garrett, you know, Mr. Gilbert gave me hope. But I know last.
1: that Dalton, we're going to get sidetracked. I know that Dalton, they're saying whenever he's healthy, he's going to start. Garrett Gilbert didn't look that bad. Was he great? No. And I'm not advocating, oh, go spend five first on him in dynasty and superflex leagues. But I was actually, I think the Steelers played down to the caliber of play a little bit, but I thought overall I was very surprised because we're sitting there and I'm like, oh, I don't even know if I really want to watch this game. I be, might be watching the chargers, you know, see what's going on. And then I'm checking the score. I'm like, yeah, I think we have to turn this on now.
0: I'll say, I, you know, the, the the sickness that we have for fantasy football that you know of, I actually had, had too much familiarity with Mr. Gilbert because he was in my AAF Dynasty, uh, not Dynasty, DFS leagues there. And, and I watched this guy sling it with Spurrier in this, uh, you know, Alliance Football League. So I, I had a little optimistic that he could throw the ball, but I, I didn't expect a game like that. Like, I thought Connor was going to run all over the Cowboys and the Steelers abandoned the run game and Big Ben was slinging it.
1: All right, Mitch, any other pros and cons? Trade deadline, should we have it? Should we not? Anything else to wrap it up?
2: No, I think we should get into the kind of guys that we're trying to trade for right now. Ooh, here we go.
1: And I actually went back and listened to last year's episode. For a lot of them, I could just play last year's episode, I think. And I'm, I'm like, I, I, we can't mention them again. But Dan, start us off. You're a contender. What are you doing? You're making that push. Trade deadline is rapidly approaching we're nine days out. What are you doing here?
0: There are many different scenarios, but as you always seem to do, JB, you challenge us to to dig deep and, and find some different takes. And contending-wise, depending on the position, there's, there's a handful of areas I'm looking. I'm looking at Deshaun Watson. Just, you know, I watched him last week and he just looked like the magic man. I think he's still attainable. As you know, I'm going through like the DAC crisis here, you know, still, you know, revamping some rosters. I've got some Cam Newton shares that are a little bit shaky as New England's not not what, you know, we were kind of hoping there. Uh, so I'm loving what Watson's doing with Houston. You know, not everything's perfect in Houston, but he's consistent. He's had a, you know, a handful of 300 yard passing games. And I'm hoping post Bill O'Brien era that, Maybe that roster trends up and Watson could be something really special because he's a special quarterback. You know, he's just had some. He had the Bill O'Brien deficiency for a little while. We've talked a lot from the preseason to now, and and I still think Mr. Derek Carr is underrated. And there's just something about those Raiders under John Gruden that I think is trending up. So it's the Raiders are kind of my. Contending now, but still happy next year and attainable players between Carr, Jacobs, Waller, Ruggs. I think any of those four guys, I just love that nucleus. Um, So I'm looking at some Raiders. I know, JB, you're going to yell at me here a little bit, but the schedule is weak, late, and Lamar Jackson and Hollywood Brown. Hollywood Brown, I'm still buying for this stretch run here with Lamar. The, the, the Ravens' stock is a little bit lower, you know, so so I'm kind of eyeing that up. In my last two takes, I, I don't want to, you know, uh, I, I cheat sometimes, and I've learned from you, JB. You list 20 guys when you tell me to list three. but Hey, I'm uh,
1: not going to stop you. Just keep rolling, keep rolling.
0: I, I, I've got – terrible Tom Brady. I know it was a rough performance last week, but I'm still enamored with having Chris Godwin, Michael Evans, Antonio Brown, Fournette to throw to. We're talking contender only. I know it's dynasty, but if I need a quarterback and there's teams willing to trade this old man, I'm seeing everybody like Get Drew Brees for first-round draft picks. I'd rather have Brady than Brees. I know this weekend was bad, but I think that's when you buy and you hop on it. So I like Brady in that passing game. And then my last guy, he's kind of injured. If I could sneak one more in, Calvin Ridley. I was late to the train a long time ago. I, I just loved what I saw from him this year. And, you know, they're still slinging it. i, I like to somehow get a hold of some Calvin Ridley.
1: Okay, two things. And then, Mitch, I want to turn it over to you for some guys that you're looking to acquire if you're a contender. One, I've never heard him referred to as Michael Evans. <laughs> that, threw me off. that threw me <laughs> off for a minute. Uh, and, and Dan's rattled. Dan's thinking, okay, what trade offers can I send out? And, and you're probably looking at Michael Thomas, Mike Evans. You're combining the two, mashing them up. That's fine. But I just had to call
0: it out. Of course I did.
1: And I,
0: I call Mitch Mitchell once in a while. So maybe I'm thinking of, you know, Mike Evans is struggling a little bit right now. I'm trying to get the best out of him. So th- there might be a correlation there. That might be a new thing. And, and Tim's laughing.
1: Michael Levins. <laughs> I, I love it. And you talk about Drew Brees, Tom Brady. Of course, obviously, we're talking about Superflex, right? And uh, I, I saw a trade go through earlier today. Dan, you might have been in the league with me. It was Drew Brees for a 2022 first. I don't know if it was. Dan, Mitch, anybody else in the league with me? But that was a trade that I saw go through. And obviously it makes sense for both teams. The draft pick two years out, but you're still able to get solid return on a the aging veterans, Drew Brees, Tom Brady, and Dan almost 20
0: minutes in, but Dan has a timeout here timeout Mitch and JB answer this because I saw this trade go down today and I've seen it in other leagues It's not the first Drew Brees for a first round pick this week but I would not be able to give up my first round pick for Brees I mean unless I was absolutely absolutely desperate I just I, I can't believe that there's not a Derek Carr or someone else out there that's going to at least give me like next year like if Brees retires you're empty and I don't think Brees wins you a league this year again unless your cupboards completely bare and you have to have that quarterback I
1: would look to go a different direction. I ideally, you know, and we, we talked about that before, and I'm trying to think of the player we talked about it with. It, it was Tom Brady, actually, I think. And I said that I thought you could get Derek Carr for a little bit cheaper. And that was a few weeks ago. And I still think that might be the case, but I mean, uh, heck you could probably get a, a Nick Foles for less than that. I, I think you could. Oh yeah. Is he a, is he a sexy player? No, he's not going to let up the scoreboard, but At least you get to keep your first in that situation. So I I would have trouble making a move for Drew Brees in that situation. All right, Mitch,
2: anybody here? So instead of naming players right off the bat, I'm going to say, so I've already made a few trades today, right? For contending teams, different league settings. Do you know who I'm not even looking to acquire? Wide receivers. There isn't one team I've looked at all of my leagues. So I'm like, you know what? I need to go upgrade my wide receivers because the fact is you could have a guy like Christian Kirk get you 20 points a week. Dan's still willing to get Hollywood Brown, who's been awful, but you know, you could still see next week maybe he gets 20 points. So that I'm just not looking to upgrade my wide receivers at all. So what I what I've actually done is just to give some context on a couple of trades, there's a 12 team league. I was I didn't have good running backs. So, I actually reached out to John. It was the league that he was talking about earlier. I traded him AJ Brown for Aaron Jones. Flat out, you know, he got a little bit more value, but Aaron Jones is like an immediate boost for me this year. So, I think that's the perfect kind of trade. And it was a quick one. He sent it, and within 45 seconds, I probably accepted it.
1: And then. And, And you were a little bit worried because typically I come in strong with the first offer. But Mitch, I always play a little hardball. A little bit. He didn't even look at the email. He said, do I want to look at it? And I said, this one, I think you do.
2: Yes, yes. No, it was a really good trade. And in another league, let's say you have someone like Ezekiel Elliott or Christian McCaffrey. What are you going to do? Because Christian McCaffrey should be back. Is Ezekiel Elliott going to win you a league this year? Probably not. He's going to be a year older. So when you go into the draft next year, is he going to retain? He'll be in the first round, but will he be a top five pick again? I don't know. So what I end up doing is I sent him and Christian Kirk, and I got Joe Mixon and Mike Evans back. Oh, sorry, not Joe Mixon. I got Miles Miles Sanders. Yeah, but I mean, it was a drop down from Zeke down to Sanders, but Sanders is going to give me a better chance to win this year. And then I honestly think Evans and Kirk are a toss-up at this point. So I know I lost a little bit of value in Zeke, but I think I helped myself this year without taking like that huge hit to lose out on Zeke.
1: Is there a more difficult player right now to trade than Ezekiel Elliott? If you're rebuilding, you're not looking to acquire him. If you're a contender, you're not looking to acquire him. And then it kind of goes the opposite direction. Mitch, you talked about these wide receivers, but these really young wide receivers, DK Metcalf, AJ Brown, I mean, obviously not super young, but a Calvin Ridley. Guys that fit the bill for a win-now team and a rebuild. Though it, It's kind of the complete opposite where they fit both profiles. But then you look at Ezekiel Elliott, and I am on Dynasty League Football right now. They have the trade finder. And let's see here. I'm trying to find something that was kind of... Um, okay, this was on the 7th. Ezekiel Elliott in a second... For Terry McLaurin in a first, obviously it's going to be very important to know where that first might be, but I honestly think Terry McLaurin, what, Terry McLaurin in a second for Ezekiel Elliott, what side would you guys take? If you're a contender, Dan? I'd keep Elliott. I'm just not yeah. trading
2: running back straight up for wide receivers.
0: I think in general, in dynasty, like a lot of our lineups aren't stacked at running back. So I, I think it's even though I love the youth and the upside and the many years you're probably going to get on McLaurin, I think he's definitely a buy. I think he, I'd be thrilled to get him. But boy, when you do trade Zeke and you look at who you're starting at running back, you know, especially when you got to consider bye weeks and those things, the the the, the cupboards get very bare.
1: Again, we start talking I'm about gonna the Yeah, Dan's getting flustered over there. He can't even get the words out right now. Now, let's flip it around. Let's say (laughs) if you're rebuilding, I would be okay with that trade that took place. Mm -hmm. I would move Zeke in a second for a first. Hopefully, it's early the mid. Probably not if they're a contender. And Terry McLaurin. Another trade, this one might be a little bit more interesting just because it involves a running back, but you're taking a big hit in value. Big hit. Ezekiel Elliott and Demir Bird. Yeah, Demir Bird, okay, but he's really not the cornerstone of this deal for Todd Gurley and Robert Woods. And this went through on November 6th, so an actual trade. If you're a contender, any interest there? Mitch?
2: I don't know, man. That one's hard because Todd Gurley's put up points this. I think he's had, what, eight or nine touchdowns so far? He's averaging a touchdown each game of the season. So we could say regression's going to hit, but what if it doesn't hit that hard over the next six weeks? That's what everybody said about Mark Ingram.
1: Todd Gurley is kind of the equivalent of Mark Ingram last year. Mm -hmm. Even though Mark Ingram, I think, was just obviously in a better situation. Uh, Let's see. A lot of these deals, they have so many pieces, so it's tough to gauge the value. All right, Dan, you are a contender. Are you willing to pay Philip Lindsay a 2021, let's say mid-first, and a 2021 mid-second? And this went through on November 5th.
0: So, so what's the trade again there? Lindsey for hey, the, the, the,
1: the, the Lakers aren't on. There's no excuse here for you to be distracted.
0: It, no, I wasn't even distracted, though. I don't know if I get yeah, that. One. I don't it's even Lindsay know what you were asking the... either, man. <laughs> yeah, I don't think the trade came out there. You just said you gave like three entities, but I don't know what's for what.
1: Philip Lindsay, a mid-2021 first and a mid-2021 second for Ezekiel Elliott.
0: Oh, for Zeke again. Okay, I missed the for Zeke part. I didn't know we were still on the, the Zeke train there. Yeah, so. we're still on Zeke. Uh, give me, give, let me keep Zeke. I want I want the, 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 he's still a stud back. He's just in a bad situation this year. But he, I think even that bad situation's getting a little bit better. Mm-hmm. He's still going to score. And yeah, once
2: he's not helping you out. So I right. would just keep Zeke. Yeah.
0: And then
1: Owen said, is Zeke considered a buy low? Should he be back to normal when Dak returns? If Dak returns next year.
2: No, stop
1: it. Stop All right, it. so I don't, I don't want to spend too much time on Zeke, but I thought he was an interesting one because contender rebuild. There's obviously different uh, different perspectives there. The way you're looking at him, Marvin Jones. I, I know, Mitch, you're not looking to pick up a wide receiver, but Marvin Jones. Does he interest you, Jamison Crowder?
2: No, Marvin Jones hasn't been good even with Galladay out. He got that one. You know, got a 20 yard touchdown last week, but the week before he was awful. And you take that catch out, he was pretty awful as well. I mean, Danny Amendola got 10 targets, and I think Marvin Jones got around five. So, no, I'm definitely not buying Marvin Jones.
0: I'm disgusted with that Detroit passing game. Cost me a lot of DFS money here. Sorry, man. All
1: right. Any other guys that we're going to mention if you're a contender? I, I know it's difficult to say, oh, this specific player because every league is going to be different.
2: We have a question later and I'll bring up a couple more guys then.
1: All right. All right. Now there, there is one question here, but we'll throw this into the rebuild category. So rebuilding Mitch, let's start with you. Is there any actually here, but no, we're, we're going to go back to contender. Tim drops in the chat. You know, if if somebody's talking about James Robinson, whew, I get all hot and bothered. So, he is about to trade his first for James Robinson. Have to assume it's mid to late if you're probably contending. Mm-hmm. Ship it. I'm okay with that.
2: I will say, look at the schedule. I love James Robinson for next year, but look at the schedule. Look at the quarterback play there, the offensive line, who they're going against and decide for yourself if you want to take that risk because he could, he has probably one of the hardest running back schedules coming up for the rest of the season. It's a little
1: difficult, but you know who doesn't have a tough schedule? And Dan, get a little excited here. James Conner. He actually, let's say let let's just say somebody that's not necessarily a contender has James Conner. We just saw a dud game, and it was a smash spot, as, as Mitch would say. Smash. Five fantasy points, I think he had. So not very impressive. Really nice schedule to wrap up the season. And I actually think that you could get him for less than James Robinson today.
0: You're, you're getting in my psyche here now, JB, because I'm very sour on James Conner because I was super heavy on him in DFS last week. I've been super high on him in Dynasty all season. And when you have a smash spot against my Dallas Cowboys who have been gashed by, you know, the sisters of the poor running backs, and all of a sudden, like, it just, it wasn't even there. So I'm a, I'm a little bit down and discouraged right now. So I think with that, it probably is a buy low. And you have a soft schedule. He's on a winning team. if If it's low enough, JB'll buy
1: and then Kyle says Connor's in a timeshare. When he's healthy, he's getting a majority of the work. And there aren't many running backs that you can get at a reasonable price right now that are getting a workhorse load. Joe Mixon, he's going to be more expensive. Chris McCaffrey, Alvin Kamara, Dalvin Cook. And obviously, they're the top of the top, but they're all going to be much more expensive. And then uh, Tim said that's a good thought. But the James Conner manager wanted a first and a second. That actually surprises
0: me. Yeah, a thought on Conner and that timeshare, because I hear that a lot. And I, and I don't think it's like a true timeshare. It's not like the Detroit running back situation where you're frustrated because Swift isn't getting the carries he should when Peterson's getting 1.2 yards a carry and still getting a lot of carries. I think the timeshare in Pittsburgh's more he's just getting sniped here and there that prevents him from having that big blow-up game when they are running the rock quite heavy. So you know unfortunately, you end up with like hundred yards and one touchdown instead of maybe two three touchdowns that he potentially could have
1: I, again, I, I thought we were gonna move on five minutes ago, but my mind starts going. I want to spend a little bit more time in contenders, and Mitch, you scrapped all the wide receivers. Yep. I have my wall of targets back here, and you offend every single one of
2: them. Who are you Do- giving up for him? no,
0: no I, I'm okay with that. I just no. wanted to kind of
2: <laughs>
0: you know yeah, I have no, to that's be a good point, John though. John brings up a good point there, and I've been thinking about this, Mitch, with with you know fading okay. wide receivers and, and trade talks, because because we got to be fair to our listeners here too. I think if you're waiting it by position, I see where you're going. I, I mean, in general, you know, I'm trying to improve rosters. I'm looking at that running back position. I'm looking at quarterback and superflex, but I've got some rosters that. Don't have the depth that I would like at wide receiver, or maybe in dynasty they're a little older than I like. You know, you're relying on AJ Green's in the world. So if I am shopping for receivers, if improve my squad, I want to improve any way I can. I I want to trade with all 11 teams in my league and improve every single position. So I can't. I wouldn't say rule it out to the listeners. I think wait it, but don't rule it out.
2: I was just gonna add real quick. So here's my issue with receivers, kind of why I just don't look at them. The dynasty community loves to build through wide receivers, right? I mean, it's trade running backs, get wide receivers, get young wide receivers. And so I think the wide receivers that are actually acquirable at this point, it's going to be Julio Jones and maybe Adam Thielen and guys like that. But Adam Thielen isn't giving you a huge boost weekly now because Dalvin Cook is going God mode on everybody. And Julio Jones is amazing. But besides him, I don't really know who you could go out and get that's going to give you a boost off of, because I've seen most people's teams, and most people have pretty good wide receivers because there's a lot of good wide receivers in the league. Uh, what about Tyler Lockett?
1: Mitch, I made a trade earlier I saw today. that.
2: And I, I think I'm a contender.
1: I, I think I'm in second or third place at this point, And I moved Mike Evans in two-thirds. Now, nothing too sexy there to add on to Mike Evans, but to get Tyler Lockett. And Tyler Lockett's a player. He can win you a week. Yeah, Mike he was Evans, one I should have mentioned too. Yeah, I think Tyler Lockett's a good one just because, yes, he had that smash game two weeks or three weeks ago. But the last two games, he's really taken the backseat to DK Metcalf. And I think that's fresh in people's minds. Let's look at Keenan Allen.
2: I, I would I would pay for him. But with how he's played, what are you going to have to pay to get him? though? So that's always my and, worry. And is- it goes back to who has him and, and what team, team. But he's not old. That's the thing is you could build with Keenan Allen next year. That's not the
1: narrative that Twitter tells me. And Twitter's always right about things.
2: Ah, I see. You just have to <laughs> ignore some
0: things. Keenan Allen's always disrespected. So there's always a chance. I know. To he
1: really him. is. Yeah. So we would Tyler Lockett, Julio Jones was mentioned. And then Kyle says by cup monster playoff schedule. I <laughs> actually think with the way that offense has been cup and woods are s- still interesting candidates for a trade piece. If you're looking to acquire a wide receiver, uh, running through running backs very quickly, obviously, obviously, camara dalvin cook derrick henry they're going to be very expensive james robinson we talked about zeke we talked about todd Gurley, we talked about what about kareem hunt if if the manager is a little bit worried that nick chubb's coming back
2: maybe i don't want kareem hunt if nick chubb's coming back i've seen kareem hunt without chubb now i know what so we, we,
1: we learned tonight that in every single one of Mitch's contenders, contending rosters, he's set at running back and he doesn't need Kareem Hunt. That's what I learned tonight.
2: I learned that I won't, don't want Kareem Hunt if I'm trying to contend. That's for sure. We've seen Hunt ceiling without Chubb on the field. It's not that high. So you're, you're only that's trading only. It's about for, the exact same with Chubb on the field. It so really we, doesn't change much at all. Are you only trading for top five running backs? No, I'm getting running backs that I could count on each week. So give me Miles Sanders. Give me like, I don't want Joe Mixon right now, but Josh Jacobs. Yeah. Give me Josh Jacobs. I could count on that workload each week.
0: So why wouldn't you want Joe Mixon though? He gets healthy. He finishes, He helps you to end the season. And you know, the upside of that Cincinnati offense, you you could have a gem next year.
2: It's honestly my bias with him because it's Mm -hmm. the division. He plays in. He has to go against the Ravens. He has to go against the Steelers, has to go against the Browns. And I think he has a game against, I was looking at today, but I don't remember off the top of my head. But I remember looking at it, and I was going, oh, man, I really don't want to trade for Joe Mixon right now because he was going to be part of that Miles Sanders trade. I instead went with Miles Sanders because he doesn't have to play any defenses in the NFC East.
1: All right, so t- tonight's episode sure. is shaping up to be a five-hour-long extravaganza. <laughs> and, and that's on me. That's on me. I, I, Mitch said... This is one of the best times of the dynasty year. It's fun. And, and like the the life is getting kicked back into us here. You know, we kind of hit the the middle of the season lull. I know a lot of people, they're getting frustrated. Players are getting injured. There's a little control over your, your roster. If you didn't have depth, you're pretty much oh, phones away. I'm not really looking to do anything. But this is something that kicks life back into your leagues. Now, rebuilding. Let's get through this one really quickly. But a name that I saw in the chat. And I, I have to throw it up here just because it's it's the best last name. But Mr. R Bauer, no relation, but he says, I know, I know you love DJ Moore. And we won't get into it. But I, I actually I do like DJ Moore as a rebuild. He could be somebody that's interesting because Mitch, we're in a we have a contender, it's a co-managed team, mm-hmm. and we have DJ Moore, and we're not giving him away but we're looking for somebody that we think we can rely on this year, and that might not be D.J. Moore. C.D. Lamb, if you know he's not giving you that top 20 production that we were seeing with Dak Prescott, now if a contender has him, maybe you can get him at a slight discount. If a rebuilding team has these guys, you're not getting them. So I don't even know if you really want to waste your time. But Mitch, who are some guys, and you can't say picks. You can't say, oh, go get picks if you're rebuilding. <laughs>
0: <He> <laughs> yeah, that's out right,
2: Trade your old vets and get picks, right? Isn't that what we do in Dynasty? Trade all your old guys, they all suck, and get picks. No, the guys I'm looking for are injured players right now. So Kenny Galladay, right? We don't know when he's coming back. I think he is a perfect guy to go and try to target right now on a rebuilding team. Because the person that has him is going to be like, oh, I don't know if I'm going to have him for the next two weeks. So maybe you could trade him someone like, here, let me pull up my tier list real quick. Real quick, you're talking about injured players. What about Austin Eckler? I know there's question marks. If you're not contending. yeah, I would love to get Austin Eckler on almost any team. But let's say you could trade uh, Kenny Galladay. Sorry, I froze there for a second. For You're getting him so he could trade away Robert Woods. I think that's a trade that almost every contender would accept right now. And you you could get Galladay for him
1: you might have to throw in just a little bit extra, yeah. but I don't think the difference is is significant. So I think the the injured players, a lot of people, I mean, I I had George Kittle on a contender and I just moved him earlier today. So those players are still lingering. And I know it's kind of the cop-out answer. Oh, go out and get injured players. But it really is true. Besides right after an injury where the price plummets, now is the time to pounce because once
2: the off season hits, there's no, re- Oh, he's injured. It doesn't matter. There's no games being played. George Kittle, George Kittle is like the perfect buy right now. The contender can't use him at all. Um, it's not going to give the contender any points. So go out and try to get George Kittle. And even if you don't like George Kittle, trade him in February. Like it's not like you need to keep him on your team for the rest of the year. There's gonna, I could tell you after trading a lot of George Kittle off my rosters this past couple weeks, Everybody loves it. Like you will get a ton of offers for George Kittle. And just because uh, Kyle mentioned Jerry Judy in the
1: chat, I saw a tweet and I can't remember who it was from, but it kind of alluded to the fact of Jerry Judy being somebody that you could get if you're rebuilding. And especially after this game that we just saw, that's going to be really difficult. Dan, I know you're not rebuilding because all you build are contenders, but if you were, let's say there's one league you're rebuilding who are some players you're looking at?
0: Yeah, as we approach this trade deadline, I have two, three that are ready to get blown up here. So I love that Judy comment that just came through. Guys, I mean, it is happening. Jerry Judy is the number one rookie receiver of last year's class. I'm telling you, Dak's not here. I know we love C.D. Lamb. And come on, who, who's better than Judy? Have you watched this guy lately? Hey, his and, and,
1: are I know you appreciate this. Did you see him running down the sideline, throws his hands up like it's a go route? And then he knows he's not going to the end zone. He comes back. The defender wasn't within 10 yards of him. It it was just – and even Drew Locke could find him then.
0: He's got skills, man. I'm telling you, this is just the coach of me coming out. I'm loving what I'm seeing out of Jerry Judy. Like that advance route running in year one. I know Denver is still working out some kinks, but I just think the future looks bright there. So I'm loving Jerry Judy. I love – a Pittman, I like that comment by Kyle there, man. You know, Michael Pittman's a guy I was high on in the preseason – He's still a buy low, um, so I like to have him. Love Mitch's take on the injury guys, you know. Eckler, he mentioned Kittle, Cortland Sutton, uh, you know, that Dak window, even though that was probably a few weeks ago. I think Debo Samuel was the other injury guy that I, that I think is a good one to get a hold of. The guy's just a freak, he just needs to be out there and playing, and I, I think that will happen. Um, guys that aren't injured, I'm going to take a little spin off my Raiders uh, example in the contenders. If I'm rebuilding. I'm loving those Carolina Panthers right now. I mean, I know we have to see how defenses adjust to them next year. But what Brady, Joe Brady's doing with that offense is very impressive. DJ Moore was mentioned, but I still like Robbie Anderson. I like Curtis Samuel, who's still very young. That offense is trending up. It's just, it's a team on the rise. And then two other guys that are really standing out is Terry McLaurin. I think a year from now, they get that quarterback situation, right? Holy cow. I mean, he's just looking stellar. And Christian Kirk, you know, you mentioned him a little while ago, Mitch. He's really flashing lately. Like, I mean, Kyler Murray's a superstar. We know Nukes the man, but but I think Kirk's really starting to have his com- coming out party here. And I think he's still obtainable.
1: Like I talked about some of the younger wide receivers that can fit on both a rebuilding and a contender. You just nailed two of them. Christian Kirk, Terry McLaurin, two guys that they can fit in on any team makeup, any team makeup. Uh, Michael Gallup, I still think he's an intriguing one. I think the skills there, situation, not great, but that kind of goes in hand in hand with the C.D. Lamb situation. Now there is some Browns talk in our chat. Owen, oh, what about David Njoku? Tim says, don't buy Browns players unless they're named Landry. <laughs> I have to ask the question, guys any interest in odell beckham jr mitch
2: no i have like have my two rosters i'm doing everything i can to get rid of him without taking a huge loss at this point what is the threshold let you know obviously
1: oh i'll pay a fourth for him but you know where is your threshold
2: so i sent out an offer already today for him and it's a hope and a prayer i don't see it happening but i sent it out for christian kirk just hoping that Odell's name can still hold enough value to, or someone's like, oh, someone's trying to buy Christian Kirk after two big weeks. I could get Odell for him now. But if I can make that trade, I would do it in a heartbeat. I know I'm probably going to have to counter back and forth, but if I can end up pretty much getting Christian Kirk for Odell Beckham, um, I will do it right now.
0: I think trade I value, you'd want to get a draft pick with that, with Kirk. Mm-hmm. But long term, I think that's the way to go.
1: Right, yeah. And Beckham, just because of name value, he is one of those guys, and we always talk about it. The cost to acquire and what people want if you're you know uh, if, if you're moving him, it, it doesn't line up. It, it doesn't look at, look
0: Kyle, at, let me look at ahead. Beckham JB. Like you know, injuries are a concern, period. Like he has been getting hurt every single year. But let's say next year he comes back and he stays healthy for a full season. That's not like an air it out offense. I mean, I mean that's the Fansky offense is run play action. You're never getting that old Beckham value that I think people are still holding on to.
1: Uh, Kyle says last night. Last night, this is fresh. Bought uh a, well, we'll say acquire Jonathan Taylor in a rebuild for a first and the stud Wayne Gallman. Jonathan Taylor, he's one of those guys now that he is easier to acquire if you're rebuilding and. I've tried to ship them off in leagues. I'm getting a half-eaten sandwich from Subway. Not even the good kind of sandwich that I like. I like the the, uh, the sweet onion chicken teriyaki. I can't even get that. So, That's uh, ridiculous. Jonathan Taylor, he's a guy that you might be able to acquire CEH in certain situations. I, I uh, missed that deal earlier today. I moved Miles Gaskin and Michael Thomas Mm -hmm. for CEH, Jarvis Landry in a second. And I I have four or five higher-end wide receivers. And it was also a league. It was an auction. I I was pretty much close to last place and just kind of mixing it up there. But CEH, JT, probably guys that you can – and CEH, he's like, what, fifth or sixth in rushing yards? And people hate him. People hate him. And now DeAndre Swift and Dobbins. There was a poll on Twitter with the four of them. They had more votes than JT and CEH. That's I saw P- Dobbins moved.
2: is winning. Yeah.
1: He was at like 35% last time I saw. All right. So a few questions here and you see the fancy graphics. I have to flip the switch here Whoa! over to listener questions. There it is. All right. So we had a few listener questions that were mixed in. This is going to transition from the, the rebuild to the listener questions. Dan, very quickly, Marlon Mack, is he somebody that you would ever be interested in acquiring for dirt cheap at this point? Because you like Marlon Mack.
0: A fourth round pick. I would pick him. I'd use fab on him. I would trade a lower level player. You know, I did like Marlon Mack going into the season, even though I was, you know, new Jonathan Taylor was very talented. It was still a rookie coming into a situation, a veteran that was established with the Colts. It was his free agent money year. But when you get those serious injuries, man, like running backs values just like plummet. And, and we mm-hmm. see that guys really rarely bounce back to good value. Um, it's just not a good position to, to bounce back for. So it would have to be super, super buy low. Now it, I can see he it, it doesn't hurt being at the bottom of your roster. You know, if he is, if someone is looking and he lands into a good situation, maybe you get lucky, but I want to give too much.
2: Mitch, would you spend the third? Late third, sure. Early okay. third, probably not. Because I mean, this upcoming draft class, as people will start to hear now, is really, really deep. But once we get 30 deep as far as Wait, the that, rookies
1: that, go. That's so that's so funny because I saw a tweet earlier and it said people were gonna be very disappointed with the depth in this class.
2: It's, if you're not super flex and tight end premium, yes. Okay. But there's probably four quarterbacks that are gonna be drafted reasonably high and, and this tight end
1: class is I mean, at least three tight teams.
2: ends that'll go in the first.
1: Yeah, especially in in tight end premium. Yeah, but
2: I agree. In the one quarter, if you're in a one quarterback, one tight end league, and you have a late first, ship it for whatever you can. In my opinion,
1: yeah, and Joe's right there with me in the chat. Depth at running back is a little bit weak. I, obviously, we have the big name guys there, but once you, I mean, I, I think that second round, yeah, you're gonna find some guys, but I think there might be a little bit more. Uh, crapshoot than even we saw last year all right contract situations Dan let's let's kick it over to you do contract situations or uncertainties associated with it ever have an impact on your dynasty rankings and you can't just say yes because I think that is the answer
0: the answer is yes and to elaborate on that, you know, we go back to the preseason, you know, let's say Gardner Mitchell, for example, Mitch was pretty high on Gardner, um, but I saw a lot of instability and uncertainty for his future. I didn't see him sticking with that job because I thought the Jaguars were terrible. I thought they were dysfunctional and I thought they'd be competing for a number one draft pick. Here we are now. And what's the scenario with the Jaguars? They're competing for a number one draft pick. Now, don't get me wrong things could change. Maybe they invest in the kid, but in that case, there's an example where his situation was uncertain and it could be the same thing with a job contract. If we know, you know, the Colts aren't going to resign Marlon Mack and no one else is going to take a stab on him. That's just not stable enough for me. So when I look at my rankings, I want a guy to know I'm going to have a good situation with him next year and not trade for a guy that is going to be a, uh, you know, bagging groceries or looking for employment and then stuck on my roster. So totally. Yes.
1: The only thing I will say, sometimes it does present an opportunity because as a fantasy community and especially the dynasty community, we always think, oh, yeah, they're going to cut player A because the dead cap. I know. Listen, I could be a GM. I I played Madden. I have fantasy football teams. I know (laughs) what I know what's going to happen. And then. Boom, they extend him. Mitch, we talked about Robert Woods, you and me, two years ago. And you were like, hey, John, um, let's work a deal. I'll get you Robert Woods. And I sit, I sat there and said, I have a concern that not only will they not extend him, they'll cut him. It was like a week later, they extended him. and I, So we always think we know what's going to happen. And I think in Superflex, this player that we've talked about already tonight, Derek Carr, he was a guy – that minimal dead cap. We thought the Raiders could move on, but now he kind of has that that second life and that second chance. And but yeah, for me, if 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 you're an impending free agent, especially a running back, and you haven't landed that next contract where we've seen Alvin Kamara, Dalvin Cook, Christian McCaffrey, Joe Mixon, Derrick Henry. But before that, they were they dropped a little bit in our rankings because there was that uncertainty. So I think long answer, short, at least as short as we can keep it here, because I
2: do ramble, the answer is yes there. Wait, hold on, hold on. I got to go in here, so it's going to be a little bit longer. But the reason why I want to bring it up is, we say our rankings, right? So in my rankings, I don't knock running backs as hard as everybody else do when it comes to contracts. Like you brought up, Dalvin Cook's value went down. Mixon's value went down i mean todd Gurley's value was in the dirt and look what he's done for people this year and so and while we need to look at him we also need to just take a step back and be like well look what happens if this player goes to a different team todd Gurley goes to a different team and he's i think he's running back five on the year as far as in PPR and, and total yeah, points he's super close to it and i mean love the time no, top no. you you said 5 don't backtrack it's 6 my bad my bad but that's the thing is just like definitely take these things into account cuz they matter why are rookies so high because they have draft capital and we know where they'll be for the next 3 years and so that's why they always get that little bit of a bump and
0: then Kyle, I'm, I'm glad you brought up oh sorry Jimmy. Real quick, I just thought, I'm glad Mitch brought up like Joe Mixon and Dalvin Cook as examples, as we talked a lot on dynasty theory about their contract contract situations at one point. And JB, you mentioned that you know, hey, sometimes it's to your advantage. There's opportunities there, and there is, you know, yeah, guys get affected in my rankings if they don't have a contract s- situation, but that's out the window if they're uber talented. Like if you know there's ability and they're gonna be, you know, they have a mm-hmm. career in the NFL, that it doesn't bother my rankings at all. But it does if. I'm not certain about their future. So it depends on talent level as well.
1: But then it it does open up the opportunity if you have that player on your roster and uh, Kyle in the chat says free agent bump is real and it really is. And the most notable that I can think of over the last few years was Tyrell Williams. I moved him for a first before he was signed by the Raiders and then he went to the Raiders and it it was a buddy of mine. He's actually in the Dynasty Theory Listener League and he messaged me after and he was like, Crap! He didn't say crap though, but this is a family-friendly show, so I'll keep it at that. Um, a Question from Dante: Any solid low-end tight end one, high tight end two targets that we're looking at? Can I say I've done a one eighty on Eric Ebron? He's an interesting tight end for me, just because yeah. if you're in a tight end premium league, I think you could get him for a second. And over the last four weeks, he's tight end seven and. I know a lot of people say once you get outside the top four or five, it doesn't matter,
0: but Eric Ebron, he's been a pleasant surprise for the Pittsburgh Steelers. It's a good one, JB, because he's made Vance McDonald irrelevant. And and Vance McDonald and Big Ben were good buddies at one time, and irrelevant, so Ebron's definitely trended up. I was happy to get a a few shares of him a couple weeks back.
1: But it's so tough with tight ends because we all think, oh, this is the next breakout. (sighs) Ian Thomas, Ian Thomas breaks my heart. I look at all those shares I have. And I cry myself to sleep. It's very upsetting.
0: That's the thing. What we didn't know was what was Carolina's offense going to be like? And it's just not a tight end friendly offense. So, I, you know, you may not have been wrong about Ian Thomas, JB. It's just the system doesn't fit him.
1: That That's actually a really good transition here into our next question. How much does the two PPR for tight ends affect how you value tight ends? And I want to kind of go through a few players, whether it's uh, well, for- you ha-
2: Do you have it pulled up right now? Do I the have one what- for the tight ends? I ha- I have a okay. So because I have a question on it, and I don't think if you've looked, you'll know, but I don't think Dan will know. Okay. Okay. So let's say two point for tight ends, right? So this is going to be the perfect example on why you should value them so highly. So Dan, here are the top four. You have Travis Kelsey, Darren Waller, T.J. Hawkinson, and George Kittle. Who would be close to fifth?
0: I think Darren Waller. I didn't hear his name, did I?
2: Waller second.
0: Evan Ingram's been trending up. I don't know where he's yep, at. With no, points. he's still at seventh, but he was drafted. Mark pretty Andrews, high. I'm missing this year.
2: Yeah, Mark Andrews is 11th. So That's the reason great. why I bring it up, because listen to the next guys on the list Hayden Hurst. He's fifth. He would be wide receiver 13 right now in normal PPR. If you do the two points scoring and he was drafted in the ninth round, Jimmy Graham is three points behind him. So he'd be like wide receiver 16 or something like that. And he put up 130 points already and he's tied in six. When you go into these leagues, you see the two point everybody who's in first or second has Kelsey or they have Waller. I mean, it's just how it is. And if you don't have them in those leagues, you your chance at a championship is so little because you can't make up that point difference. And if someone has Kelsey and Waller, I mean, you do, pretty much don't have a ch- chance at that point.
1: So one thing, sorry, I'm distracted here. Uh, looking at some of these tight ends and looking at just all I did, I sorted it by average. So obviously mm-hmm. some of these tight ends, they play two games, three games. But tight end six, CJ Uzoma, wide receiver 45 equivalent, tight end six, 11.4 points per game in typical PPR. Mm-hmm. That's changed to wide receiver 22 in two PPR. Jared Cook, he's wide receiver 55 in typical PPR, and he was tight end 12, but tight end 12 and two PPR, wide receiver 34. So there is a big jump in Kyle so stupid. I hate tight end premium. Just have two tight end spots if you want to give position more value. But it, it does change the value significantly. And if you don't like the format, I certainly get it. Mm-hmm. You know, there's a lot of people that don't like tight end premium. And just the same way I don't play IDP, I would never say, oh, you have to play tight end premium. But anything that throws a wrench in the values, I like it.
2: Yeah, honestly, I hate two tight end leagues because no one trades them. After the startup draft, I mean, they just sit on your roster. And anyone who has three, they don't trade them. And if you do, they want Ezekiel Elliott or Alvin Kamara for them. I mean, just guilty. That's what guilty. it is. <laughs> so
1: two, two other players I want to highlight here just to kind of show the difference in value. Um, you know, obviously this is somebody they're taking part in the first two PPR. Huge shift, huge. Waller, tight end three on average, 13.9 PPR points. That's the equivalent of wide receiver 30. In two PPR, he gets bumped up to wide receiver three. Drop the zero. That it is Kyle. I, I understand it is a crazy boost, and if you don't understand the the value changes, you are at a significant disadvantage. I think in startups, TJ Hawkinson, wide receiver fifteen in two PPR, that the equivalent of wide receiver fifteen, wide receiver thirty eight. So again, twenty plus jump in spots if these tight ends were correlated and, and assigned a wide receiver uh, spot there.
0: Yeah, the, the three of us venture off to a lot of unique formats of leagues. And last year I got into a dynasty best ball auction league, which was just totally unique, but it was tight end premium scoring. And this one team drafted a gazillion tight ends. And I compared rosters going to the year, and I was kind of like in my mind just just laughing. I mean, he had all these bum tight ends, and my team looked loaded. I had a great auction draft. I had McCaffrey and Zeke and all these studs. And this dude cleaned up the league and won it with like just bum tight ends at the tight end premium scoring. You never knew who was going to be his guys. So I learned from that, took more you know value in, the, in the, knowing the scoring system, loaded up my tight ends in the offseason, still had a much more balanced roster. And I've got a nice 200 and some point cushion on first place here in week 10 in that league just because, again, taking advantage of that tight end premium that we're talking about.
1: And then Kyle, man, you hate tight end end premium did something to Kyle in his past life. I don't know (laughs) what it was, but Kyle says, yeah, it's misleading for most, which can really screw up a startup. It can, you know, we've seen, I've seen startups where Hunter Henry went in the second round last year, Mm -hmm. tight end premium, super flex. And clearly that was not the right decision, but Again, if you do your research, it can kind of give you that edge. And I think that's that's why I like it for the most part. But hopefully we will provide some insight there on the, the shift. Not necessarily what we're paying to acquire these players, but at least the shift in value and production when looking at these tight ends. Last question we have. I am typically a hoarder of first-round picks. How do you handle using first-round picks to acquire players in the stretch run? And I think this is a really good question. Dan, what are your thoughts here?
0: This is a funny one because, you know, I normally give away the first round pit picks uh, before the season even starts to get the edge early instead of on the on the back end. But if I have a first round pick now, I'm weighing the value of the player that I can draft. Again, we took in, you know, hey, what is that first round pick going to be potentially next year versus the player I can ob- obtain? Does the short-term value outweigh the long-term? I, again, it, it really is situational there, but I, I'm very careful. I don't want to... Give away a first round pick to get a guy that's not going to be better than the guy on draft day. There's not a better feeling in the world on draft day than holding those first round picks. Mitchell always tell you how that value rises as you get closer closer to draft day. So I don't want to forget that. You know, just I don't want to get caught up in the moment. So that's a little bit of my take there. You you better be extremely
1: realistic about your chances here, because and we've all done it. We all have looked at that team and thought, yeah, this team's a contender. Dump the assets. Finish in fifth
0: place. And it's like,
2: hey, honestly, I wouldn't draft right day
0: and, You Go know, ahead. Mitch talks about four or five quarterbacks being there. Uh, and, you know, am I going to trade away at first now and then have lost the opportunity to get a franchise quarterback? If it's tight end premium scoring that we just talked about, we know this is there's like three studs at tight end at least. You know, mm-hmm. I, I don't want to pass that up. And then knowing that all those quarterbacks and tight ends are going to be going there, there is an opportunity to get a running back or receiver mm-hmm. that may slide to you that that's pretty darn good. So be very careful of what you're trading now.
2: Yeah, if I so I actually have a few teams that are on the cusp of contending and they have two or three firsts. I'm not moving those firsts now. The the fact is the team's on the cuff. So if I get in, I'm going to be the fifth or sixth seed and hopefully the fantasy gods look down on me and I can make a run. But the smartest thing I can do is just wait. Wait for next year and then either sell the picks or get the good rookies coming out. More than likely trade the picks. And then make the run next year. Because what you can do with that is right now you can make the move. And you can make yourself a one to two year contender. If you could just wait one year and you have a team that's really close. And you have the picks to propel it forward next year. That's when you get like the two to three year contender. And so that's one of the only reasons to where I would just be like, just just wait. Because most of the time I'm like, hey, go for that championship. But if you're on that cusp and you know you can make that team from you know, the mid-tier and immediately boosted up to the one seed next year.
1: That's what I would do. Okay, so two questions. One, well, I guess one question, one statement. And I'll throw the statement at you first. Of course, I have to build some anticipation, have to get you guys on the edge of your seat. But this goes exactly back to what we talked about earlier. Maybe go for those players that give you end-of-year production that you don't have to spend a first on yeah we talked about Mm -hmm. james robinson but james connor i think you could put together a package if you were interested and it doesn't have to be james connor exactly it doesn't oh jb said get james connor that's it no other player but you can put together these these lower tier packages that can get you end of year production miles gaskin when he comes back that schedule for the dolphins it's pretty solid and if you believe that he's going to be the guy there, at least through the rest of this year, you can get him for a lot cheaper than a first. Now I do want
0: to ask Chris you, Carson, Chris Carson, JB, our boy, I, I looked at his name earlier
1: too. Oh, and that, I,
0: yeah. I'm glad you I, brought him
2: up.
1: I am so upset. I didn't mention him because I wanted to, but I think I went off on a tangent this way and this way. So I got distracted. Um, okay. Uh, so my question, we talk about if you're on the cusp, now, I think my team
2: was a solid contender, but I want to go back. Mitch, are you yawning? Uh, it's late here, man. It's 8.04. It's almost time for bed. I've been It's a rough life out here on the best coast. Time.
1: I've been going for almost two and a half hours tonight. I could go for two and a half more. But uh, that, that trade, George Kittle plus the first for Travis Kelsey, am I going to have any regret?
2: Not with Kelsey. Okay. Hey, Kelsey, so as we brought up, that is a 2.0 premium league. He is the highest point scorer outside of quarterbacks right now. I
0: don't care what you have to add to get him, And he's got Patrick Mahomes. He exactly. can't possibly go wrong as long as you have Patrick Mahomes.
2: Exactly.
1: <sighs> okay, thank goodness because you, Mitch is saying, if you're on the cusp, you don't want to move those first. I'm sitting here, oh my God, I did. And now I'm panicking. I'm like, oh, I, I made
2: multiple firsts. And that was completely different.
1: I just want to make sure. I just want to make sure. And then there was one last question. We're not mm-hmm. going to get to it tonight because once the off season hits, we are going to spend, I think last offseason, we spent two episodes on this. But uh, cap situation for different teams. And like I said, this is something we're going to cover on mm-hmm. future episodes. As always, Dan, I'm going to kick it over to you here.
2: Final thoughts.
1: And I'm well, so well, quick. I'm-, I'm so lightning fast. As I threw that up, I changed the... The overlay here, final thoughts on the bottom. Dan, what do you got for our listeners heading into the the last game before a lot of trade deadlines?
0: You're locked in tonight, JB. You're locked in, man. Um, final thoughts, you know, two, two just like quick interesting facts and, and then a shout-out. Draft picks – the NFL, give them kudos tonight, man. They're rewarding NFL teams with draft picks for hiring minorities, whether it's a head coach or a general manager. They finally agreed on that. You know, it'll be interesting to watch in fantasy. You know, hey, do, you know what teams do get extra draft picks. So kudos for the NFL going beyond the Rooney rule to, to take that initiative. And then they've also agreed on a 16-game playoff if the season is suspended. Hopefully it doesn't happen for all of us, but be prepared. You never know. The COVID numbers are as high as they've been since the beginning. If this season it, you know ends abruptly, it's just something to be mindful of. And then my shout out, man. Hey, tomorrow for our listeners, happy veterans day to everybody who served our country. Want to give that shout out here tonight.
1: The the first thing you mentioned there, Dan, I I would just want to say one thing going above the Rooney role, not only hiring, but it's if you're developing. So if if the Steelers if they have a minority assistant coach and, or a coordinator and he becomes a head coach elsewhere, the Steelers are the ones then that get that draft pick. And I, I, I think it's, I, I I like it better that way than if you hire a minority, you get a pick because then it's like, okay, did they hire them strictly for the pick? And I, I just think there's some, there's some issues there on that Great end, point. but I love, I love the way they're doing it. I I think it's a fantastic idea. If you become a head coach, a GM, the teams that developed you and put you in that position to succeed, they get rewarded. I, I think it's a a great thing the league's doing. Mitch, final thoughts?
2: So I saved this to the last for a reason because I wanted to say it for everyone who's listening through the whole episode. If you're trading your rookie picks, go to the Draft Network. You could go to DLF if you want to, but look up the top 12 you know, offensive guys that are coming out in the draft. Slot them one through 12, and that'll give you an idea of where these guys are going to draft in rookie drafts, right? If you think Justin Fields is going to go 104, you have an early first, you're going to trade it. Are you willing to trade Fields for whoever you're getting? And I think that's a really easy way right now. It'll take you 10 minutes to do it for you to actually rank those rookie picks and then adjust it from there as far as where who you're trading them for.
1: Dan, I think from now on, we're just going to have Mitch pop in for the final thoughts because he's okay for the first hour and eight minutes, but he always hits us with a fantastic final thought. And I think that's very good information there for our listeners. As always, we want to thank everybody for tuning in. Make sure you follow the show on Twitter and Instagram at Dynasty Theory FF. Stay safe, be kind to each other, and have a great night.